0: People of God said, Amen. Amen. How blessed of oh God we are to be in this particular place at this particular time. To know today that we are not here by accident, nor are we here by some cosmic coincidence, but it is God through His divine providence that again allows our destinies to intertwine. How we thank God for the marvelous gift of His Son, Jesus the Christ who is both Savior and Lord. Uh, allow me to kind of get my bearings. This is the largest group I've preached to in the last eight months. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this is the only group I've preached to in the last eight months. And it wow. is an honor, for those of you who are joining us virtually, it is an honor. Thank you, Dr. Gregory, for the kindness of your introduction. but Dr. Gregory did not tell you is that we both came here, arrived on the same day. And uh, after about five years for me in a three-year program, I wanted to get everything that the school had to offer, someone informed me that Dr. Gregory was getting paid to stay here while it was costing me to stay here. And that just didn't seem fair, so I'm going to hit graduate. But he has been an amazing friend. And Invested in much of my life to be here with Dr. Hunter, who was a friend of uh, profound intimacy and standing I'm grateful for the multiplicity of his gifts uh, to our dean. In his absence, called me and we we're praying for him. I'm grateful for his friendship. See, my former dean, uh, my degree has two names at the bottom, and both are David Garber and I. Great for him, he was the dean and the president, and to this preaching staff, to this cohort of preachers who I get to preach with, and to you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, what a joy and an honor it is to be here. I want to quote uh, two significant preachers. One, uh, whenever Dr. William Augustus Jones was given an honor like you've given me to preach here, he would say, this will occupy a prominent place in the museum of my memory, and, and this shell. The others, Pope Francis, when he was uh, selected, elected to be the Pope, on the ride back with, with the cardinals who had elected him, he said, may God forgive you for what you have just done. <laughs> I, I am somewhat betwixt and between. Just to have Reverend Jones and to have Reverend MacGyver Thank you so much, my nephew Sam is here. Thank you. Now for the task at hand. A few scattered remarks, and I will give you good morning. It was my father, who has now shuffled off this mortal coil and now sleeps listening for the trump of God, who helped me to understand what our text shares with us today. Some years ago, when I was living in Crockett, Texas, I had a car, some car work done in Ryan, Texas. It was close to home, and as I drove over at that time, I was driving a Lincoln Town Car. The funny thing about town cars is that in the back of them, they had air shocks. There's a button under the trunk that you push, and once you push that button, uh, you can raise the car and lower it. That is the extent of uh, my mechanic knowledge. Apparently, the people at the mechanic shop where I work didn't know this because I heard a large explosion in the back, a pop. They were standing around laughing, and the owner of the establishment came to tell me that they had popped one of the air shops. They would have to order it, and uh, he let me have a car. It's the middle of August in Central Texas. That car did not have air conditioning. I began to drive, and after about three miles, that car ran out of gas. I got some gas, I, I thought about some things that Paul didn't write, and uh, <laughs> I come back the next day to pick up my car. And the gentleman said, well, what about my bill? What about what you owe me? I said, no, you don't want me to give you what I owe you. I, he said, no, you're going to pick me. I said, I'm not. Give me my keys. He said, well, I'll take you to court. I said, you do what you have to do. I go back to crack. I call my father. My father, I said, Daddy, I need you to meet me on this particular day. I'm going to be a bride. I don't know what's going to happen, but if anything happens, I want you to take my car. We arrive at court, uh, and when we arrived, my father looked at the man and says, can I just pay for this now and it all go away? And I, what I thought was my righteous indignation, he said, Daddy, I'm not going to pay. I told you I'm not going to pay. He said, I didn't ask you to pay. I'm going to pay. I said, "Dad, I just, he said, do you know how long I had my name before I gave it to you. He said, I've never been in jail, none of your brothers and sisters have been in jail, and I'm not gonna let you mess up my name so you can prove the point. I guess my father was leaving me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, I imagine, but my father said to me, in essence, that even though your journey began with you, your story does not begin with you. That you are a part of a larger narrative, that you are a chapter in a story that was being written when you got here. And I refuse to let you mess up the story to prove a point. And I'm a part of something greater, something that began before. As we celebrate the history of black preaching, one looks at this text and now sees Joseph, as he is not just in the second half, he's in the final his life. He feels on the shoulder the chilly fingers of death, in his face the chilly mist Jordan, beckoning him to come. But before he leaves, in this place privilege where he now sits, he calls in his brothers and say to him, I need you to make me a promise that, that when the Lord takes us to our home, you won't be my cause. I want to suggest to each of us that Each of us has some intangible, invaluable investments that the saints who have died have made in us. We we are stewards of those bones. One wonders why does Joseph, understanding that that the Jewish culture understood bones to be the symbol of their life afters and they would take them, why would he request that they take his bones? I want to suggest that maybe Joseph understands that, that, that oppressed people need coping skills. That really, people who are aliens need coping skills as they journey from where they are to where their homeland is. I want you to take my bones because you're going to need them. And he understands that we all carry something and we get to decide whether what we carry is bones or baggage. You, 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 you get to carry. Whether you decide they're going to be bones of baggage because bones are those intangible and valuable investments that have been made in us. But baggage are those things, those hurts we remember that tend to harm and end and hamper us. Those things that keep us stuck back. Those things that hold us hostage if we're not careful. Well, what, what do you carry? Bones or baggage? Bones remind us of how God has helped us. Baggage tells us how people hurt us. Bones are used by God to perfect us. Baggage will pervert us. Bones are what we have in us that fortify us for the task before us. And if we're not careful, baggage will make us fall. And, and sometimes, because our hearts can be so small, there's not enough room to carry bones or baggage. What do you carry? He says, when you leave, take my bones with you. When God takes you from this place, Take my bones, and each of us must decide what we're going to carry. If for the rest of our lives we will be mad and angry, or if we will be creative and constructive in what we carry. And one of the realities is, as we celebrate the history of black preaching, is that we have been made legacy to a great, we have been made inheritors of a great and lofty legacy, and it is those bones that we carry. As we journey from this land where we are to the land that is our home, he requests that they carry the bones. But this text just doesn't say a word about the request of the bones. This text says a word about the resource of the bones. But why? 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 Why does he want them to carry his bones? I, he wants them to carry his bones so that when they leave, bones are a symbol of our heritage. They are a reminder of what God has done. Those who have gone on the forest gave us something and they left it with us and, and they are a reminder because if we're not careful, others will write our narrative. And what bones do is they remind us never... When the children of Israel marched out of Egypt, they just didn't leave with gold and silver and fine raiment as Exodus, but they carried over 200 as They carried these coffins, and as they carried these coffins, they are a reminder of what God has done, of how We went to Egypt and we were a people on the place of famine but when we left, we left with fine jewelry and with fashion from famine to high fashion God took us. They are a reminder of what God has done. They are a reminder of who we are. They tell us that the bones that we carry have really been for us a sense of who we are. Every one of us needs to know who we are because if you don't know who you are, just like with Jesus, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some spoke of their expectations. We're looking for Elijah to come back. Some spoke of their experience, but but you've got to get on your true essence and don't allow others to project on you who they know from experience or from expectations, but let them know who you are from your essence. These bones will remind you that you are the people who God had down of Egypt, land, and when they tried to destroy you, you had to make brick without straw. Yet the Lord brought you out stronger than when you went in. They are a sense of heritage. Bones remind us as we celebrate black preaching. The bones at carry remind me that they are great and lofty, noble men who have. Like this and told the story, and they did it with a sense of identity. Because another others black preaching, was something to be uh, scoffed or at best studied. It was cute and interesting. No, they, they, they told a gospel story. They, they mastered languages, and they had such a magnificent way of sharing that story. It is a reminder of who we are it is our senseless heritage. But bones just don't teach us our heritage, they give us hope. Oh. They say we've been there before and we're not going back. They they are a reminder of what the Lord has done and and to borrow from the eclectic words of brass and bottom where I'm from, if he did it back then he can do it again. Oh, Every time you get ready to quit, you you remember how I went from the pit and left the pit with by potatoes when you carry my bones Remember that even at Potiphar's, when I was tempted to throw away an eternal destiny for temporal pleasure, I didn't. You, you remind them of when I went to the prison and the people forgot about me. The people who said they had my back uh, forgot about me. You, you remind them that I didn't stay in the prison because I trusted God and I refused to allow my talent to take me where my character couldn't keep me. And God delivered me from that and brought me to the palace. And when you carry my bones, you see the head the work of God, carry my bones because they'll give you heritage and they'll give you a hope. You, you see, you see, the carrying of bones uh, they, they are an antidote to the colonized mind, which has to think like the colonizers, but they're also an inoculation to identity theft, not the taking of our. Social Security numbers Yeah, the identity that AC that Hilliard talks about. But AC Hilliard, that noted that black sociologist was all on, uh, Dr. Hilley said he was watching, and as he was watching, he was seeing how they made a sheepdog. And he said he noticed that they would take a, a German shepherd or a collie away from his litter and they would put him on a flock of sheep, and, 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 and as they the sheep grew, the dog grew with him, he played with it, he even nursed from the of the mother sheep. And when it grew up, if a wolf or another dog, a member of king, of his own canine species would come, he would turn on his own species because he had sheep DNA in him. You, 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 you got to be careful. And, 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 and as much as I love this beloved place, too, you got to be careful that you don't suffer here from identity death, and you forget. Because we gotta make sure at seminaries like this that, that we affirm what, what African Americans have brought to spiritual formation so that you won't grow up and forget who you are and try to be somebody else. The bones. He says a word about the request for the bones. He says a word about the resource of the bones, but he says a word about the responsibility to the bones. Every. That somebody had to carry these bones. If you only prefer the holy day, somebody had to carry Rosh Hashanah. They had to carry these bones. When they were celebrating the feasts, every day, New Year, they had to carry these bones. Valentine's Day, they had to carry Juneteenth in Circle Africa. They had to carry these bones, but the responsibility to carry the bones is that because people have invested in me, I owe it to the next generation to make some investment. That the legacy I leave ought to be greater than the heritage I received. And I've got to carry these bones. I, I have a responsibility to, to the bones because. I, I'm not standing here alone. I, 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 I there are some preachers that, that whose, whose voices I hear. I'm, I, I'm not here by myself here. Their voices are in my ear, their messages oh. before my view. And, 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 and the great history of black preacher, God on the Taylor, Caesar Clarks, those of us from Texas, and Manuel Scotts, the William Augustus Jones, even Paul Powell, the apostle's namesake for this chapel, who invested in me, I carry his bones. There seven preachers whose names are on my ordination and whenever I stand, I hear them in my ears Said, represent us well, I, 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 I carry their bones. But there's are some other people whose names won't make history, they, they are not famous, they you will never know again, but every time I stand, I carry their bones. It is a part of my journey. The people you don't know, Miss Amelia Carroll, who would pray for me over Sunday school, help me with my first Sunday school class because she knew that the Lord had something for me. Miss Rosalie Sand, who not only would send me a letter every. Uh, Week at the University of Texas with five dollars in it. But when I first started preaching, she took me to an S and raised up redemption Center and bought me an anti-shake case so I could look like okay. the big preachers. I carried her on. Yeah. Miss Fanny Lewis, who at the installation at my first church said, We prayed for you. We knew the Lord, you, you were you you was a booger growing up, but we prayed for you. We, we knew the Lord had his hands on you. Oh man, thanks said to my daddy, hey, trust him with me, buddy, I, I'll make sure that boy be right. I carry the bones. I, I, I look like I'm here by myself, but I'm surrounded by bones. I, 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 I'm with the bones There's some people in your life who when others gave up on you, they believed in you. There's some people, a Sunday school teacher somewhere, a vacation Bible school, and you must represent them there. Well as you sit in this seminary, you are not here alone. There's some bones you're carrying. There's some investments people made, and you, Arthur and Irma Atchison, who now sleep beneath the silent sod. Every time I stand, I I carry my parents' bones. My grandparents say to me, Speak well, represent us, because I carry their bones. And I've got a responsibility to make sure that those bones yet remain. For generations to come, I'm sitting under. Shade trees that I didn't plant, I'm, 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 I'm carrying some bones. As so I think of them even now, my heart is warmed by the fact that they gave an intangible, invaluable investment. Said we're trusting you with our bones. One of, one of the whose bones we carry, T.W. Berry. That's T.W. Berry, Pastor Crockett. Tells the story of his Aunt, Aunt Sarah. It says Aunt Sarah was well into her 80s. And uh, as she was out one day, she was planting peach trees. One of the neighbors called over from the fence and I said, Sarah, why is you planting peach trees? You never really eat peaches off those trees. Said his Aunt Sarah said to the lady, maybe I've been eating peaches off trees I ain't planted my whole life. I knew to plant something. I have a responsibility to the bones to make sure that those who come after me get to receive some bones. This text has a word about the request for the bones. This text has a word about the resource of the bones. This text has a word about the responsibility to the bones. But it concludes with a word about the resurrection of the bones. You know, we we don't give much credit To Joseph for theological uh, contributions. He's almost a holy hiccup right there, you know. But but it is Joseph who introduces us to this triumvirate God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The first time we hear that, Joseph tells us. What is interesting is Joseph is not struggling, Joseph is in a place of privilege. But Joseph says, don't leave me Joseph would have us to understand, and on this history of black preaching, it's a good, as we celebrate black preaching. Joseph said, don't ever uh, forsake a place of promise just because you're in a place of privilege. The mistake we make is to think that this place of privilege is our place of promise. I'm here at Pharaoh's. but this ain't a promise. No. God promised the land, and when you leave this privileged place, take me to the promised place. So, 400 years later, this text says an interesting thing about the life of Joseph. It said that Joseph died. He wasn't bound to be able to funeral. Children of Israel get ready to move as he told them God would. They move and take him and uh, take his body, and 400 years later, they bury him in a place of shepherd. My dear, David Garland said something I've never forgotten. He said, graveyards remind us how temporary life is. Jesus reminds us of how temporary graveyards are. Joseph is a reminder that even buried bones are going to get up one day. That they take his bones and they take him to the place of promise. And if there's anything that's Evident in African-American preaching is that you don't finish until you go by the cross. This is Joseph, this Christ type, reminds us that these sufferings that we have, these bones that we carry, we will carry them and one day they will bring us in. They will lay us in a grave, but it is only a borrowed grave because each of us must carry our bones until that day when the trump of God shall sound. And like our Christ, we're going to be resurrected again. That's the good news. That the bones will be resurrected. I bid you a good evening by telling you it is my privilege to carry these bones. I will carry them as trophies until I reach that place. To borrow from the beautiful words of God and Taylor, when my feet shall strike souls. Of everlasting deliverance, and I stroll down the boulevards of gold, and at His feet surrender my commission. When this world is over, and when My Lord shall say to me, "It is finished and well done," I'll place my bones at His feet.